Alexander Stein. Well, listen, I prepared a whole speech, but I just want to say, Mayor Munns, you're a coward. You need to look up the Streisand effect. By you guys limiting free speech, you just proved that we've affected your whole meeting. You guys are such pathetic cowards. You guys are scared of giving people three minutes to talk. And I'm the only reason that Plano's even getting any attention. That I'm the reason why you guys are trending on Twitter. So you're so dumb, you can't even realize the attention might actually help your campaign. But instead, you're going to push back against it. And we're going to publicly embarrass you, Mayor Munns, worse than you've ever been publicly embarrassed. If there's one skeleton in your closet, I'm going to bring a whole group graveyard up here and I'm going to publicly embarrass each member here except for Anthony. Anthony's pretty okay and honestly Rick's okay too but I'm telling you Julie you're toast. Maria you're toast. Mark you're toast. All you guys publicly are going to get embarrassed in this meeting. I don't care if I got one minute. I don't care if I got three minutes. I'm going to come up here and I'm going to disgrace the city of Plano because let me tell you something. I had some respect for it but our politicians you guys think when you get elected that all of a sudden we work for you. That's not how it works bucko. You'll work for us Maria. You work for me. That's why you got elected but you do not to realize that that's the problem you guys have two brain cells to rub together and now you guys are trying to fight fire with fire you're toast mayor Musk. you're toast you're done i'm going to publicly embarrass you worse than you've ever been embarrassed in your whole entire life i hope you haven't had a divorce i hope nothing I hope your you got time no is up oh is it up i can't hear you mayor Musk. i can't Wait. hear you because you're a coward you're a coward mayor Musk. and i'm coming i'm going to publicly embarrass every single person in this meeting you guys have not seen the last of prime time 99. I'm just telling y'all, you made a big mistake. You guys are fighting fire with fire. Please. Big mistake. Shut up and sit down. By all means, go for it. Have fun. Yeah. Just leave me alone. People are coming together more and more and more and more as the government has been failing us more and more. I'm against being shitty to people. You can't research your way into understanding somebody. One way or another, I'd rather have the fight now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fight for Liberty Live. Tonight, I'm really excited about this show. It's one of the, I, I think it's going to be one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. That clip that we just showed is obviously uh, one of our guests. The other one is my disgraced father. Uh, and we are going to have a good time. But first, we're going to talk real quick about sponsors because they keep the lights on, kind of, sort of. Uh, Nug of Knowledge, if you would like some premium quality uh, cannabis products and you live in a state where you can't legally get them, uh, Nug of Knowledge sells all the other stuff like Delta 8, CBD, CBG, all those things. You can go and use promo code F4L. You'll get 10% off. And you'll help out the show, the network, and awesome libertarians like Dan Berman and Tom Queter and other cool people that you know and love. So go check them out. And as always, if you're watching this on one of the evil big tech monopoly websites like YouTube, uh, this isn't on Facebook because I'm still in a Facebook ban. Uh, this is on Twitter and a couple other places. Click the link in the description. Watch this on Odyssey. Give them your view time, your, your data, your everything, because like they're actually a good company and you should be using Odyssey. Um, but without further ado, let's, uh, let's bring on some guests. Uh, first and foremost, uh, first time on the show, the one, the only primetime 99, Alex Stein. Welcome to the show. Good, sir. 
Wow, David, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And let me tell you something with an introduction like that. I just have to say thank you because, you know, now everybody's I've always been primetime 99. I was the captain of my high school football team. But now that it's being reincarnated in my 30s, it feels good. It feels good. So and and you know what? I You just saw that meeting that, you know, they changed the whole policy. They limit now the free speech to one minute. Uh, and, you know, I can just tell they're running scared. As a matter of fact, I recorded it, too. Like they talked for 20 minutes at the end of their closed session meeting about how they need to get rid of the public comment. So it's just funny that me going and speaking at these meetings is scaring these politicians to death. That should be a big red flag for the people paying attention that these politicians do not want to be shamed or humiliated or hear the truth. It's really it's like 1984. George Orwell was right. Hell yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited to talk about that. You've been making some waves. I've been uh, talking about this episode with a lot of people, and most of them already knew who you were. I didn't have to explain it to you. Uh, I'm also excited to have this conversation with one of my best friends on the planet, also my father, not really, uh, the one, the only. Uh, he's the founder of You Are the Power Pack. He's also the 2020 Libertarian Party vice presidential candidate, Spike Cohen. Welcome back to you. the show. You were the disgrace, not me, not me. You were the disgrace, and that is why I left you behind. That is why these are not, yes. See, perfect example. I give you an opportunity to demonstrate that you are not the disgrace that you once were, and what do you do? You call me Alex Stein. You don't even know your own father's name. I'm disgusted. Great to be back on. Wow. Okay, wait, Spike, but I know it's David's show, but so we got to hear, we got to hear from you. I've seen a couple of your meetings now that he mentioned at the beginning of, of the thing. So I kind of want to hear about why do you go to speak at the public meetings? Uh, for me, it was the pandemic. So I guess my question is, were you speaking at public meetings before the pandemic? Uh, I was not. Uh, that's been a relatively recent thing that we've started doing uh, in order to, uh, uh, to it was actually started as a proof of concept last year. Can we go and bring enough people to essentially scare governments into doing the right thing and about two-thirds of the time the answer to that so far has been yes um so we uh we we've we're taking it that's what you are the power essentially is going to be we're going to have that happening we're multiplying that dozens of times uh, eventually hopefully hundreds of times across the country every day well dude i'm telling you like i said i i was just talking i don't know if you saw what he heard because you might have been in the back room but dude in plano they're totally changing up the meeting procedure and limiting the public comment they're putting it they used to be the first thing at the meeting now they're putting it at the end and they change it yeah. to one minute so it just shows you that they do not like us people like that listen to us or, or that you know that hear us do this they don't realize how effective it is to go there and speak the truth they don't get that it's actually kind of sad that just speaking at these meetings has a huge effect no, absolutely. I mean, that's the reality of things is that uh, they in fact, we had that happen recently in the in the most recent. Uh, now I match y'all uh, <laughs> in the most recent uh, in the most recent uh, meeting that we had uh, in Gastonia, North Carolina, where we've been fighting that. We can talk more about that. Uh, they tried blocking us from even going in. The, the Why? Police. Under what guys, though? Like, what, what did they say that you're not citizens? Fire code. They said fire code. Uh, and uh, and what they did was they packed the city hall meeting with city staff and like six other people that were there to, to talk about something that was already on the agenda. And they said, oh, we don't have room for open comments. Uh, first, they said that a couple of us can come in. But then when we went in, they said, oh, you're you're violating fire code. There's no room in there. There's no more room for anyone to talk. And you can't be in the hallway. Uh, this is a, a, a emergency ingress and egress in, in the event of a fire or, you know, emergency uh, and the need to exit. And so we said, OK, so we went back out. We called the media. The media came back out. They had covered our 
our rally earlier and they came back out and covered the fact that we were being blocked from coming in. And uh, as we were being um, uh, at, oh, and also we were holding bullhorns and yelling our speeches into the city hall, which is a small old historic building so they could hear what we were doing ever, anyway. Uh, and so between all of that, they eventually let us all in to give our speeches. So we got, we got more media attention. We got, uh, we got more, uh, uh, we, we definitely spooked them. And we demonstrated something that we learned during the campaign. If you're not going to let us do it in the building, then that's fine. We'll do it outside of the building and get even more attention. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, the Streisand effect is real. Like, the more they try to limit it, it's just going to bring more attention to it. It's really sad. Exactly, exactly. So, Alex, where did you get the idea to put on the kind of performances that you do? Well, well, one of my uh, personal comedic heroes is Andy Kaufman. And so I'm not saying, like, when I first started meeting, going to these meetings, like, oh, I'm the next Andy Kaufman. I don't want to, like, try to sound like that. But I just noticed when I talk serious. Well, well, I mean, kind of. But when I talk when I talk serious. I'm going to say it, but you guys can say it. That's fine. I, I appreciate it. But what this is what I'm saying is when I spoke earnestly and seriously, they just looked at me like I was a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist when I told them that we're going to have mandatory yada, yada, yada. And that, you know, a lot of the stuff that they were saying is science. It wasn't actually based in science. They literally looked at me like I'm an idiot, like I'm the biggest a-hole that's even walked in the room. So once I realized, like one of the first things is I called the mayor openly gay and he's like happily married, supposedly with three kids. And I just saw the physical reaction. Like I could just see his face turn white like a ghost. And that's when I realized like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't be nervous. Maybe I should be the one making them nervous. Yes. And so that's where you take back the power because like also yep. I see I see in the meetings though, Spike, like people have serious concerns and not that I didn't have serious concerns, not that I thought any of the you know lockdown measures were necessary, but I'm saying, the people had serious concerns like, you know, Child Protective Services took their kid because of some, you know, innocuous thing or whatever. Yep. And and they just looked at him like they're an idiot. They could give two craps about their problem. So that's when I realized it's like, well, now I need to make myself their problem. Instead of telling them yep. my problems, exactly. I need to become their problem. Exactly. I I wish the one bad thing about when we have the videos that I put up of me speaking to the council we usually use the footage they have because it's better. It's like higher yeah. quality, you know, HD. It has the overlay. That. It's important. I just want to say, you know, Spike, because it usually has like a little overlay that says the city. That's why it's good. It just looks more authentic. Sorry, go It ahead. looks more authentic. It's yeah. got the name in it sometimes and all of that stuff. It's like I'm on C-SPAN or something. But the, the yeah. problem is, and why we're going to start recording it ourselves, is because I want people to see their reaction. Yeah. Because... I go there and very often I see some kind of combination of confusion, fear, anger. And, and the reason is because usually the first time I come, I don't tell them who I am. Um, and then when I get there, then I tell them who I am. And they wonder why someone who ran for vice president is in their town or their county meeting or whatever. And then I tell them why I'm there. And then I let them, you know, know what the problem is and, and what our proposed solution is. And then I let them know that I'm going to be coming back and bringing more people every time until they fix it. And that has uh, so far uh, we have had, a, a, like I said, about two thirds success rate, which is much higher than I thought it would be. I thought we'd be, you know, spooking a lot of politicians and then they go and do whatever they were going to do anyway. And that has largely not been what's been happening. Uh, we're, we're seeing a bit of a fight back in uh, Gastonia. But we've only only just gotten started bringing more attention to it. We're we're bringing media into it. We're bringing all sorts of people into it, and uh, you know they can explain why they're doing it not just to their constituents, uh, but to uh, millions of Americans. That fear you see when they're horrified, 
they're not scared of you like you're going to hurt yeah. them or something like that. They're scared you're going to derail their getting reelected. That's where you hit them. You can't hit them in their mm -hmm. conscience. You have to hit them <laughs> in their fear of not getting reelected. Yeah, like they just are so scared of being publicly embarrassed where it could affect them in the future because these guys are politicians, so they're phonies. Like, you know, they're all about their outward appearance. So they don't yeah. like it at exactly. all when you go there and you rag on them and like you don't show them the same respect. Like I remember in one meeting, uh, this had nothing to do with me, but some guy kept on calling the mayor Eric. And one of the council members is like, that's the honorable mayor to you. Don't call him Eric. And that's what these people think. They actually think yeah. they're such honorable people because they won an election. Yet they don't realize. And I mean, this is common sense. When they get elected, they work for us. They We don't work for them. They don't have yeah. that. They don't have that public servant mindset. And that's the problem is they don't realize there's a thing called being a public servant. That's what you are. And none of them act like that. They all act like they're the, you know, the public hierarchy or the public pimp or whatever. You know, they, they cannot be taken off their pedestal and they cannot be disrespectful whatsoever which is the opposite of the case in my, my opinion what while they completely disrespect us right they aren't mm -hmm. there to rule they're there they're not there to represent which is what they're supposed to do they're there to rule over us that's yeah. the problem and that and that's seriously like and this is why people don't realize why it's effective is we can only do this stuff at the lower levels like you look at guys and yeah i guess you can speak the legislation i spoke at connecticut and stuff on zoom but what i'm trying to say is these people like George Soros, these evil people, they love local elections. They love putting a district attorney in. So that does mean that, that talking to these meetings is powerful. So that's all we need to do. We need to speak at every level. And people like when I describe the meeting, they're like, the mayor's there? The mayor's there? I'm like, yes, the mayor's there. You can go speak in front of the mayor. People don't realize that. So that's yeah. my favorite thing about yeah. this, Spike, and I'm happy you're doing it too, is more people realizing how the procedure works who you can speak to. And, and yes, I'll be, I'll admit I'm doing it for clout. I'm doing it for attention because I want to bring awareness to not only my channel, not only myself, but to the issues that I'm mocking, but also it's opening up the door for more people to speak in the future. And that is my favorite thing is when somebody tells me, dude, I'm going to go speak at my meeting in, you know, Gainesville, Georgia or wherever, because yep, I yep, saw yep. you. So that makes me feel the best. Even more than people are like, that was so funny. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a question from the comments. Uh, what made you want to go after Marin County, Alex? Okay, well, it's Marin. I used to call it Marin, Marin County, too, and they used to get mad at me, and then they realized, oh, you sound like an uh, idiot. But one of my friends— I would have kept calling it Marin, though. I know, me, too. I'm from Texas. I'm from Texas. So we, that'd be, we call that Marin County, but it's Marin County, and I had to learn that very fast. They have, like, a really open public speaking policy, and, like, a lot of these liberal cities— they made it, they just basically did Zoom meetings for, you know, in perpetuity. Like, literally, they don't even want to go back. And so that opened the door for me in Dallas to be able to speak at certain cities. And Marin County has just an open, you don't have to sign up before. And because I had a friend there, this is another thing with the Streisand effect. This girl, Katie Rice, who they have a board of supervisors. Some is city council. It's different in different cities. But their board of supervisors cut me off. I had a speech that went viral. I just talked about how, like, a city employee slept with my wife and, you know, blah, 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 you know, and then all this stupid stuff. And the next time I was up, they, they just cut me off. And they didn't realize that's a Brown Act violation of a freedom of speech. So, like, I got yep. the city attorney involved. I got all this yep. stuff. So yep. now yep. I can go to Marin County and say whatever I want. And they can can't do crap about it so that's why i hit it a lot i meant to hit it today um but i just i was just so busy but you know how this is this this is the thing and spike knows this these meetings are going to continue to go on and on and on until they end yeah. it i'm going to have endless opportunities so that's why they don't realize like oh they might shut me down for a week they might shut me down for a month but they got to come back they got to you know hear public comments eventually because there's going to be people that have serious issues that want to talk and the media will bring attention to it so then i'll just be in there to slide under the door and publicly embarrass them <laughs> 
Which is, I love, I love that Spike, you're using the media attention you already have from your yep. run and from what you've been doing since. And, and really just like bringing that attention to these local issues. I got uh, a security guard at the Greyhound in Philly really excited. We got, we, I was there for like three and a half hours waiting for my bus. And so Emma and I just had a very, very long conversation about uh, politics and life and philosophy and all sorts of stuff. But he told me that he hates politics and he doesn't believe in it anymore because no one's actually doing anything that makes a difference. Yeah. And so I started, I talked about For All Tennessee a little bit, and then I started talking about you and what you've been doing and that you ran a campaign, you didn't win. So technically like that's part of his, that's like a check in his box. Like you didn't make a difference uh, in his mind. Uh, but then you actually use that to make a difference in local uh, cities. And I, I actually was able to actively change his mind on and give him hope for the future of this country. Thanks to like what you've been able to do. And I, I love the plan with you are the power and expanding this and making this more popular. Uh, I'm curious, how do you, how have you been finding these issues and how do you plan on finding more so that you can, Oh, that's more. Uh, the problem isn't finding more. The problem is vetting what's handed to us. So uh, because of what I do on social media, that's actually what started all of this. Coming out of the campaign, uh, the end of 2020, I thought, okay, obviously we need to be working local. That's where we're most effective. Obviously, we need to be keeping these people engaged instead of you know talking to them every four years or every two years. Like we need to be keeping them engaged year round. And then, you know, we, we have to do, so I'm on social media, I'm trolling, you know, uh, government agencies, I'm trolling, uh, you know, the, the, uh, main, the big, uh, media agencies, the corporate media agencies and all of this. And, uh, and then I start trolling like police departments and, and I shouldn't say troll, I'm going there and holding them accountable and saying, Hey, why is this happening? Why is well, that, that happening? Wait, real quick, that's considered trolling, yeah. just putting their feet to the yeah. fire is trolling. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. Now, and I call it trolling because I would just go in and like do it sometimes with humor and stuff like that. But no, I'm literally just holding them accountable. And what would happen is now people start saying, hey, Spike, you should check this out. You should check that out. You should find out about this. You should find out about that. People that I already knew in the Liberty Movement are doing the same. In fact, Liz Cochleyard is a perfect example of that. She's uh, mm -hmm. bringing some information to me right now about stuff we're going to be working on in Indiana. And uh, the what so that's not the problem is finding stuff. Uh, unfortunately, this is a target rich environment for abusive governments across the country. It's very rare to find a government that's actually accountable to its people. They're usually uh, very, very, very rare because even the smaller ones are often sometimes the most corrupt ones. And so, uh, so that's not the problem. The problem is vetting them to make sure that, you know, what we're being told is true. Um, and then also, you know, that we're, we're hearing the whole story because there are times that we're told there's this terrible injustice. And then when we look more into it, it turns out it wasn't what we were told it was. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the other uh, other thing is then to figure out what's the solution to that, because I don't want to just go there and piss and moan. I want to go there and say, this is the problem. Here's how you've created it or made it worse. Here's what you can do instead to fix this. And I we're going to keep coming back in bigger and bigger numbers until we do it. So it's really more just the it's like, how do you drink from a fire hose? Which is why I'm creating, why I've created You Are the Power. Because it can't just be me and a handful of other people. It needs to be a grassroots network of activists across the country. I'm happy to come to some of the higher profile stuff, you know, every single weekend if I need to, but or every single week if I need to, multiple times a week if I need to. 
but there's going to have if we're going to really make serious grassroots change at the local level on localized activism, it's going to have to be thousands of people across the country doing it, working together uh, in a kind of decentralized fashion. And that's what we're doing with you or the power. Mm-hmm. Wow, wait, I love that, all that, because like it does need to turn into like Fight Club where everybody's in every city. You know, I'm just using yes. that as a metaphor. Speaking this like is, that's what this it, is that's Fight what it needs Club. To be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds goofy, but that's what it should. I mean, that's literally, and like not obviously we don't want to physically hurt any of these people. We gotta keep it within the law, um, you know, the the four yeah. corners of, of the law or whatever that term is. But at the same time, we do need to press these people and call them out. For their bull crap. I mean, it's that simple. Like these guys, you nailed it earlier, Spike, when you said the smaller the government, the more corrupt it is. That's been my experience as well. Like if it's some podunk town, they yeah. can do they can do the most uh hibbity dibbity bull want. crap. Yeah. So it, it just shows you like even Dallas is a big city. They can limit stuff, but really and truly they kind of have to let it go because they realize that, you know, oh man, there can be freedom of information act. They can see that we're, you know, uh, conspiring to not let this happen. They realize the uh, ramifications of doing crooked stuff. These small towns, they're not worried about it because they're not thinking about it. Because like I said earlier, once they become a politician, they think that they're set in stone and that, you know, we work for them, which is not the case. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when well, they're small like that, they know they don't really know the ramifications of what they're yes. doing because they're never held accountable because they're in the shadows and no one's really paying attention, which is why they freak out when I show up with a few dozen <laughs> people and, yeah. and half of them from their city who are pissed off at what they're doing. That has been in the watching these people wonder why so many people are there wondering why they don't seem too happy and why they didn't uh, you know, call ahead of time to get on or, or write them ahead of time to get on the agenda. Uh, and then seeing a follow-up over the next several days and weeks of their social media being so filled with comments from around the country that they end up deleting their page. Hmm. And and then and every time they have a yeah, how many people meeting, how many people have deleted their page, Spike? Have, have you, they? Have, you're I, I heard three about that. police department. Yeah, we, we've 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 had as far as we know, and we've heard rumors of others, which are hard to verify because they don't exist. Yeah. But uh, my understanding is I've been responsible for two city councils. Uh, two uh, police departments and one sheriff's department uh, closing their, uh, d- deleting their their social media presence because they they aren't allowed. You want to talk about free speech? They're not allowed to delete comments or block people. That's a First Amendment violation, and the and the the high courts have recognized that. So they'll do that. Then a bunch of people flood their comments saying you can't do that. Here's the law you're breaking, and then they just delete their whole presence, which wow. I'm fine with. Because then we'll go to their city councils. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's beautiful that you've got them to delete their social media. Like, now that's kind of my goal. It's, I, I probably should sort of get some coordinated campaign. I mean, seriously, because, like, that's what uh, that's what happens at these meetings. One of the city council members was smart. They're like, you know, we've been doing this meeting this way for years. I've been a council member yeah. for years. And because this guy's been coming here for two months, we're going to change years long's policy. This just proves that they're winning. And that's what they don't get. Like, when they delete the page, like, that means you're winning. So it's like, no, these people are dumb. They, they, should, they should act like we don't affect them. We, they should act like we're just a fly on a, you know, whatever cow's ass or whatever the stupid cliche saying is. But instead, they're giving us all the power by saying, oh, we got to delete our page because people are saying some mean comments. It's like, shut up. People can say mean stuff. That's a freedom of speech. They don't want us yep. to have that. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. And they don't. To the point of like the smaller the government, the more corrupt. I think it's it's uh, it's basic economics on the point of the the political atmosphere there the supply versus demand is non-existent in dallas there are thousands of people qualified to be mayor of dallas there are not very many people qualified to be mayor of phoenix new york my hometown like 
the mayor was the mayor there my entire childhood. It was the same mayor that I can ever remember. Like I literally do not ever remember a different mayor there. He's the only yep, guy yep. anyone in town could ever picture to be the mayor. It's just insane to think that like somebody else would challenge him and win because the mayor did an oopsies. Like it's just not a thing. Yeah, it's not it, a thing. Yeah. And to, and to your point, that's like another thing is like, you know, there are a lot of people that are qualified, but all, oftentimes like the people that are in power or just because somebody put them up, like they're not, they're not even a good mayor. And and that's the thing yeah. is like, you, you know, it's well, actually I I, qualified I in like the socially yeah, acceptable way. <laughs> but I know what you mean. But I guess to my point is like, Spike, like, are, are you doing campaigns and trying to find dirt on these politicians? Because a lot of them do have dirt. A lot of them have, you know, whatever skeleton in the closet, or are you not even needing to use that? Because I guess in my mind it's like i wish i had some you know something to just throw at him that would publicly embarrass him but it's kind of hard because i guess my point is you get to a politician you get to be a politician because you don't have a lot of skeletons in your closet like that's why you make it just because you're like you know uh, uh you don't have a, any history of being a deviant so that's kind of why you get elected so that's why it's kind of hard oh. to call them out of their personal crap even though a lot yeah. is like yeah, uh, I was going to say uh, a lot of the time that's the opposite of the case. It's some of the biggest deviants, some of the worst of yeah. the worst. who yeah. right, Because they're the ones who have no problem lying to your face over and over and over again and gaslighting you and telling you that, you know, you're full, that you're crazy and, you know, whatever you're thinking is wrong uh, and just keep lying to you over and over again. So uh, to answer your question in terms of uh, getting dirt on politicians, uh, usually the stories that are brought to us come pre-dirted, like they yeah. bring us the actual pile of dirt about everyone involved, like going into Gastonia, we knew that the officer that uh, wrongfully arrested uh, the, the homeless veteran, Joshua Rohrer, and uh, tased his uh, service dog, Sunshine, who later died. We know that that, uh, that officer, Maurice Taylor III, that his father, Maurice Taylor Jr., is the head of internal affairs. We knew that. Uh, we knew about the fact, the ties that the Gastonia City Council had to a group back in the 90s called the Eagle Team, which was a large group of police officers who supposedly were acting on their own accord uh, and no one else knew about it, who were going around uh, beating, terrorizing, and in some cases killing the home uh, members of the homeless population there in Gastonia. Uh, and uh, we're now finding out that uh, it is very possible that the uh, that the mayor uh, was the uh, either the chief of police or part of the police department during the time that that was all happening. So he certainly knew, at least after it happened, uh, about the Eagle team. And uh, we also knew that uh, in the last time I went there, we knew that in just the last uh, three weeks now, 15 homeless people have suddenly died. So wow. this is this is the kind of stuff yes. that you find out when you're out here exposing this stuff on a regular basis. I have a feeling you, Alex, the, the more time that you spend on doing this, you're going to have, if you aren't already having it, you're going to have more and more people reaching out to you saying, hey, I'd like you to come in and, and make fun of my council because they're doing X, Y, Z and literally give you the whole laundry list of everything you need. No, and they do. It's like, I can't even go to enough meetings. People are like, oh, you got to right. call out this, you got to call that. It's like, I only yep, can go yep, to yep. so many meetings on so exactly. many days, you know? But yep. dude, you're right. There is a lot of dirt. But at the same time, it's like these smaller councils are the ones that can do the most, you know, crooked mm -hmm. stuff. Absolutely. So it's like, it's just, it's just a hard, it's a, I guess what I'm saying is hard to pick your battles. Like now I'm beefing, you know, Marin County, they mess with me. So I went after them. Now Plano's messing me. I have to go after them. I can't go after every single one. There's only so many days in the week and there's only so many nights I can go in, in daytime, yes. you know? So, yep. so it's a little challenging, but yes, dude, I've even had, and I'm sure you've had this by council members, you know, reach out to me. Oh, I wish you'd come to my council and call out the mayor. Have you had that yet? Where members of the, some politicians have actually uh, reached out to you? Like, I have not had that yet. Oh, I have not wow. had that yet. 
I've had, I've had, I've had former council members and former elected officials ask me to come and call out theirs, but I've not, I've yet to have a sitting council member say, come call out another, uh, another member of our board or, uh, or, or the mayor. I, I look forward to that. That'll be helpful. Yeah. That makes me feel good because I have gotten that. And the reason, <laughs> the reason why is because I guess I'm doing it in, in a comedic way. So some people do have some people oh, like in yeah, the cat. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm saying some council members have a sense <laughs> of humor, believe it or not. Most don't, the majority don't, but some of them kind of sit there and laugh because they realize it's just a stupid three minute deal. It's not, I'm not really yeah. affecting the meeting, but see, it doesn't become a stupid thing when they start changing the procedure or they start getting scared or you can yes. tell they're nervous. Yeah. That's when right. it, it changes from being just a stupid, innocuous public comment thing to this like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? Uh, and I yeah, love that. Yeah. That's my favorite yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I what I've learned uh, in, in politics in general is uh, and this is probably true in life. Uh, if you're able to really uh, if you have an opponent or someone that you're working on something that they don't want you to work on and you're able to get them off their game and have them off kilter, they start making stupid rookie mistakes that they wouldn't otherwise make that only helps you. So for example, you know, limiting uh, uh, the, the speech time, uh, knowing that they can they can get brown acted for it, they can get you know free speech attacked for it, uh, or you know the police trying to keep us out of the building and it backfiring because now we're out in the middle of the public square with bullhorns where now everyone can hear us. Otherwise, we would have been in the building speaking in respectful tones on a microphone where no one outside the building could have heard us. Maybe a few dozen people there would have heard us, and obviously everyone watching on YouTube later. But the the now you've got the actual public hearing us talk about this thing with this big rally with cameras there. Uh, and so then they suddenly let us rush in and, or, you know, rushed out and let us go in there and start giving our speeches. And it was, a, it, we ended up getting much more than everything we wanted because they didn't just let us talk the first time. So it's like, if you can get them worked up, they do stupid things, they try to stop you and it only ends up making you stronger. Hey, what's the libertarian mindset of these public meetings in a libertarian uh, government? Would you even have public meetings like this? I guess you would, right? You would have an open forum. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the government wouldn't be in charge of nearly as much of what it's in charge of in the first place. We'd leave a lot more to the people who we yeah. trust to conduct themselves as adults and and not try to rule over them. But yeah, I mean, any any kind of any government, any any governing body that claims to have truly derived uh, authority that's derived from the consent of the people that they presume jurisdiction over has to. It requires that it allows uh, full uh, uh, dialogue, open dialogue as often as possible with anyone who wants to show up to address their grievances, to uh, to to speak for or against things, to to give their their piece of their mind about the people that are up there. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you have to. If you don't have that, then you can't claim that it's a government of, for, and by the people. You're you're to whatever extent you are limiting that, you are that much closer to being a dictator. No, you're a hundred percent right. And like you though, know, I, I guess you, you probably there's a lot of them are sign as you sign up online. And I'm sure you've seen the ones where you sign up in person. But it's funny because every single meeting has a system of like how to get the public speakers, and they kind of put off yep. this impression that they want public speakers right you know that's like they yep, want yep, yep. but really when the public speakers start coming and they don't say what they want they hate it so it just shows you as simple and something as dumb as going and speaking at these meetings if you're not saying the recommended uh you know words or not not talking about the agenda item that they approved it totally rattles them so it's like it's yep. just really effective and i'm so happy spike because i've seen your clips but 
I'm happy to meet you and get connected with you because dude, we have a bright future doing this. Like, like we're joking about the fight club thing, but this can literally become that it literally can become where we're in every city because you know why the city I want to get the most is Chicago and and Lori Lightfoot, but she has some sort of weird policy Mm -hmm. where like only five people can speak. And then it's like a random draw. So what I'm saying is like, it's like that one might be more challenging. That one I might have to be more orchestrated to get in there and get somebody in there to call her out, but we should like Lori Lightfoot should be one of the mayors we call out the most, but a guy that I've been going after, is Ted Wheeler. I, I've had some viral videos where I pretended to be Antifa and I talked about how he let the federal building burn down for 60 days in Portland. Yet, you know, uh, thank God they arrested every January 6th person, you know, joking. And it just kind of makes him look stupid. And now he's thinking about right, changing right. the public comment or making it where they only do it in person. So I guess my point is, by messing with them, they have to go back from doing it virtually to doing it in person because they know people around the world can now go to these meetings. So it's like, man, I just hope, I just hope somebody's watching this and they say, you know what, I'm going to go call into a meeting. And like, if you're nervous, do one of those Zoom ones. It's, it's, I mean, you can still, still people are sometimes nervous over Zoom, but you have nothing to be scared of if you're sitting on a computer talking into a webcam. Like, just turn the people off. When it's your time to speak, just look in the camera. I try to coach, I don't coach people, but I'm saying like, I try to tell them the first time, like, don't even look at the people. But we really do need to organize spike and get everybody speaking whether it's a serious subject or goofy one it doesn't matter you need to have your voice heard yep absolutely absolutely and the more that we challenge these limitations which are blatant violations of the first amendment if you tell someone you have two minutes to talk you are you are that cannot be argued to be anything other than an infringement on right to free speech and the right to uh redress grievance of against government i mean it's it there's it is simply that like it is a perfect example of that. It is probably one of the exact things that the founders were thinking of when they wrote that was that, you know, the idea that if you tried to go to government, because this was before the Internet and telephones and all of this stuff. If you were to try to go to the government and tell them you disagreed with them, they'd say, no, 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 no you can't do that. You have 30 seconds. You have a minute. So, I mean, that's a that's a not only is it a textbook example, it's probably one that the government was at, that the people that wrote the Constitution were probably thinking of as a perfect example of what they would not allow to happen and that's that's the big thing with you are the power like i said i'm only one person you're only one person even if we did nothing but this and never stopped to you know to do anything else in our lives ever again we could only hit so many right exactly the point of view of the power is creating this network of people who yes it's going to take me and possibly people like you and, and and possibly many other people that are doing this uh, who are more prominent to come out and get them excited. But once we get that rock rolling, once we get that going down the hill, now you're going to have more and more people that feel empowered to do it themselves and, and working together within the network of you are the power to go at. That's why we call it. You are the power. The whole point is you can do this. You, there is, if you are watching this, there is nothing stopping you from going and speaking to your local government about what your grievance is. And if you're a part of this network, you can join a bunch of other people, which will help you, who will help you with promoting that event, help you with putting together any uh, material, you need help you with coming out if they're in the nearby area so that you're not just going alone you're going backed up both remotely and in person with an entire network of people who are there to stop bad actors in government from refusing to represent you and represent and respect and defend your rights and your lives and your property that's the whole point of you are the power and, and, you know, it's funny because you do have power in numbers. That's why these people feel yes. powerful because they have a council member. They have like 11 people, even though they might not all yep. be on their same political spectrum. They yep. all like are yep. kind of against the person speaking. So you do feel better. Like when I come with friends, even though I was speaking at the meetings totally by myself when I started, 
you do. It takes a little bit less of the pressure off. So it's like, that's why I encourage people. Don't just go by yourself. Encourage a friend to go and talk about something serious. There is something wrong in your city that you can bring up. And if there's nothing wrong, go talk about how great your city is. I don't think that's the case, but seriously, go and thank these people. Go just have an open dialogue because you said it, it gives you power. You using your voice. Like I know people that called in and they, you know, said something serious and they're like, Oh man, that was such a rush. It was an adrenaline rush. That alone is enough to do it guys. Just for the good feeling that you feel the 30 minutes after you do it. So, you know, people like you and I that do this, you know, it, it doesn't really have the same effect probably now. Now it's kind of almost more like a business transaction trying to speak to these people. But for somebody that's watching this, it's never spoken at a meeting. I'm telling you, you're not going to be, you're not going to like say everything. It's not going to be perfect. Your first meeting, but you will leave there and you will be happy. You'll be like, wow, I did something. I spoke my little three minutes and whatever. Mm -hmm. And you will actually feel better about your self-esteem. And it's a weird feeling, but I promise you that's the case. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm glad always, you're the first one's always the hardest. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you're bringing up like the the nervousness and the the kind of self-esteem of it cuz one one of the things I want to ask you, Alex, I don't know you as well, but I'm assuming with what you've been doing, you can relate to this spike. Like even your close friends and family participate in this, let alone your enemies. Uh people make fun of you guys like a lot. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. How did you guys build up the kind of thick skin that you both have to just let that bounce off. Well, I'll answer this first. Like the Dallas, yeah. Dallas D magazine here in Dallas is writing a hit piece about me. It comes out April 28th. Like they're like scared of me because, you know, Spike's already been a politician, but they want to nip it in the bud because they realize, oh, this guy can go publicly speak in front of in front of a group and not be scared. So they don't want me to become a politician. So the my my exact thing, and I'm not saying this sarcastically, the more they hate me, the better I'm doing, the happier I'm triggering. It's like a wrestling heel or something. You know what I mean? Like I actually want, I'm serious. I want to trigger them. I don't want that. I, I, I like it with like these journalists and stuff that are writing bad stuff about me, go figure. Cause there's some people that like me and I'm not doing it just to appease. I know that I'm not going to please everybody, but I'm telling you, if you lean into the wrestling heel aspect and I know that I actually am making people upset or I'm triggering them or I'm making them think about what's happening, then I win. Then then I'm I'm living rent free in their head that they got to tweet about me. So I love the hate. I'm serious. I'm like Roddy Roddy Piper or whoever, you know, or the undertaker. Yeah, I, I feel, I really honestly like it when I see them on the internet bashing me. Now, when they make fun of my appearance and this and that, yeah, I got a self-esteem. I got insecurities, but it's like water off a duck's back. I really don't care. I mean, like I said, I really do like it. Um, but at the end of the day, that's when I know I'm being effective because I spoke at these meetings and nobody noticed. I don't want that to happen. So I'd rather have a, a, an avalanche of hate and get some attention for it because I know what I'm doing. and I'm going with my gut and I'm doing what I feel is right. Then I'm okay with the hate that I get. Yeah, the heel thing is a, is a big part of it. I try to be a bad cop. I want to go in there and scare them so that the local activists can go, man, if he comes back here, it's going to be a mess. Why don't we just work on this? Is there something we can work out? And that's what's happened in a lot of these things is I'll go in there. A couple of times I've gone in and, and convinced them that what they were doing is wrong. Other times I've come in, left them like this, and then the local activists, the local libertarian affiliate members, whoever brought me out, reaches out to them and says, listen, you know, we don't want this to keep happening. You know, he's going to come out. He's now he's going to write an op-ed in the paper because that's the other thing. I go straight to the media and I, I CC all of them and say, hey, you want an op-ed about this? Um, and, and so, they get, you know, he's going to write an op-ed. He's going to make a big mess of this. Just work with us here. We're just trying to get this thing worked out. We don't want to bring this guy out. You know, we had to pay for his his flight to come out. We don't have to do that. And he's going to come here and, and, you know, yell at you again. Like, don't do that. So I, I lean into it. Um, in terms of like fear of being made fun of, 
Uh, I'm a, a libertarian and I, you know, I mean, we get like, you don't not get made fun of, uh, as a libertarian and I've been nerdy my whole life, like uh, giving up on, you know, being scared of being made fun of I gave that up a long time ago and being scared of, I, I think some people have mentioned like, you know, scared of repercussions. Like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm calling out the police. I'm calling out the ATF. I'm calling out the FBI. I'm calling out the CIA and the NSA and the DEA. And like, and then all of these small governments, I'm about to pick a fight with my uh, local government here in Myrtle beach. We're about to illegally feed uh, homeless people uh, this summer. We don't have a date picked yet, but we will soon. We're going to illegally feed homeless people because for some reason it's illegal to feed homeless people. So we're going to go and feed them some delicious sandwiches and tacos. And when the police come up, we're going to offer them some sandwiches and tacos. And, uh, you know, then when they they say that they're going to arrest us, we'll say, okay, fine, you have to arrest us in front of all these camera and media and everyone else. And the thing is, when six years ago, when I was diagnosed with MS, the only thing that I care about at this point is I, I, that took away any fear that I had of anything else because th the worst fear that I had in my life was having some like deadly uncure, not deadly, but serious uncurable illness. I have that now. So that's over. That fear is gone. So now my fear is that realize, realizing that 150, 100 years from now, however many, none of us will be here. All that's going to matter is the legacy we've left behind. Did we help people? Did we leave behind a positive uh, legacy? Did it even matter that I was here? That's the only fear I have is that for however long I'm here, that I don't make some kind of an impact and help people around me. That's the only thing that drives me at this point. Wow, Spike, you nailed it with that because I have that same mindset too. It's like life is so meaningless. I mean, whether you're religious yeah. or not, I believe in God. I'm just <laughs> saying life really at the end of the day, it's like even, I don't know why I use Kobe Bryant's example, but like people were sad when Kobe Bryant died, but nothing changes. You know, everything goes about their business. Everybody has their shit. Lives. I'm yeah. just saying everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're the greatest basketball player or whatever, you're, you know, some famous celeb, nobody cares. Betty White dies, everybody the next day, people are tweeting, you know, it doesn't matter. So what I'm saying is when you go to these meetings, you do need to leave your stank on the world we need to leave a mark and that's how we do it because maybe maybe you know it, it, it not every video goes viral but just the fact that i've had a couple viral videos like I, at least we're creating something that will be here when i'm gone when i'm dead and gone that will still be here and so that is what's most important and like obviously you're a content creator and spike you know as, you know as a politician like what people don't realize is and you've written you know what i'm just trying to say is we need to create something in life you know it can be a family it can be whatever but we have to leave something when we leave this this earth and that's what yeah. i think like like i'm not trying to virtue signal right now but that's one of the reasons i do it too it's like man at least i'm speaking to people i'm calling out these people that a lot of people are afraid to do and they will yeah. know me as alex stein when i die if i die tomorrow they'll be like oh this is the crazy guy that went and spoke at all the city councils and that's yeah. what you know caused all that drama and i'm fine with that i'm okay yeah. with dying and, and that being my legacy kobe's yeah. yeah, a great example of that too because like I still fucking say Kobe when I shoot something towards the garbage can from across the room. Like, like he's still Kobe, like even yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but, but nothing uh, changes. Wanna, I, I, I'm saying when he died, I mean, there's some conspiracies yeah. or whatever, but nobody, yeah, yeah, nobody, yeah. you know, nothing yeah, changes. Yeah. One thing you said, Alex, I, I want to tell you, it's not virtue signaling if you're actually doing the work. You know, anyone can get out there and say, I am against the bad things and in favor of, and hear me out, the good things. <laughs> that, but that, and then, and then, and, and not do shit about it. Like anyone can do that. But when you're actually like showing up and demonstrating like you are and, and like I am and 
like David did that horrible time before. David, you only did it one time, bro. Real quick, Spike. I don't want to cut off because you're you're, you're flowing. But wait, David, you did it and stunk. What happened? You went and spoke. No, no, we no. We don't have the time to talk about. Okay, okay. There's a long, there's a long inside joke between. I cut you off, Spike. I know you're saying something good, but I want. Oh, what a sad day for our town. That okay, you're talking about the virtue signaling. How it's not virtue signaling because we're actually doing something. Go back. Sorry, I hate. You know, we're we're out here you know we're actually doing it and we're inspiring other people to do it and we're trying to create something to get other people to do it you're talking to people you know giving them that that encouragement you kind of almost coaching them along and you know your first time is going to be the hardest it's okay these people are idiots you know you're smarter than any of them, all that i'm 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 creating a group that's going to create a network of people who can do that we'd love to have you be a part of it we'd love I'm to gonna have you join it yeah no yeah. no spike yeah. i'm dead serious i'm pumped up i yeah. didn't even know you had that network dude i'm going to be plugging yeah. that and i'm going to get people in texas to join it no i'm really excited yes, absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely this is this is not virtue signaling. This is actual virtue. This yeah. is actually being a virtuous good person that is accomplishing things, that is demonstrating that the people who pretend to have all this power of you have no such thing. Just your ridicule horrifies and scares them. Imagine what happens when we have enough of a network together that they know that they can't get reelected unless they listen to us and do what it is we're saying, which is literally just respect us, respect our lives, respect our rights, respect our our, our, our money and our, our property, respect who we are and stop trying to, to, you know, lord over us as though you're our rulers. Well, and, and you know, like, well, this, I didn't create this term, but people are calling it what I do. You know, I used to call it astroturfing, but it's called culture jamming. It's like, you're taking the, the worst parts of our, our society, like how we basically, you know, the 99% of society has to bend over for and capitulate for the 1%. Like it kind of looks like Leah Thomas, and a lot of issues like, you know, uh, with, you know, mandatory this or mandatory that. So what I'm saying right. is I think for me, the most effective thing is jamming their culture back in their face or just jamming whatever they whatever fake reality they want us to live in of bull crap. If you can yeah. jam that back in their face, for me, that's been the most effective thing in waking people up because. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm a guy that believes the government is going to lie to us constantly. And I have a lot of evidence for that. But what I'm saying is if you told somebody that, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm saying if you told somebody that, fact. yeah, but Spike, the problem is you tell somebody the fact, like you talk about the Iran Contra, about how we, you know, brought in drugs and traded guns in Nicaragua and then put them on the streets. And like, you talk about the just border. About that today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, yep. and you talk yep. about the border between, you know, uh, Mexico and Texas and how the fentanyl is going. And I've had friends die of that. Yet everybody's going to talk about the border between Russia and the Ukraine. And, and you know, Kamala Harris won't even go there. If you just jam this in their face, like I've been doing it on a street level now where I've been pretending to campaign for Beto talking about, are you willing to transition five-year-olds? Are you willing to give them puberty blockers? And even people that were on the left are like, wait, what? This is what we believe in? So I guess what I'm trying to say is like that for me, you can speak serious, but the culture jamming, jamming like the worst parts of our culture that we appease to right in their face. It wakes people up. They're like, wait, this is what I look like? Because it wakes up people on both sides. You know, the people on the left are like, I look like this goofball. And the people on the right are like, oh, I'm dunking. I'm dunking on you, idiot. So it's kind of like, I guess what I'm saying, it it, it 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 causes a reaction from both sides. Because let's say if I was just, you know, and, and I don't even consider myself very conservative. I consider myself more of a populist than like some, you know, right wing, ultra right guy. But I guess what I'm trying to say is. When you, when you go there and you act real serious, that is effective. But for me, the most effective has been putting a mirror to what the mainstream media says and what the crazy agenda items that they're currently trying to get past, like, you know, being more acceptance of transgender people, which I'm not transphobic. I'm just saying they're actually putting in laws where trans people can use any bathroom. A guy can just go in the girl's bathroom. That's kind of weird. You know what I mean? And, and like people don't realize that, that we're making legislation in order for less than 
0.08%. So it, it's just jamming that idiocracy right in their face. I mean, idiocracy is not a movie. It's a documentary. It's not a fictional well, movie. Well, what, one of the biggest problems of the culture war is that we have the government deciding what's being done with bathrooms instead of just letting the people who own those bathrooms decide what happens in those bathrooms. Yeah. As as and this is like we've seen it, you know, uh, in North Carolina, we had there was one of the cities that mandated uh, uh, allowing transgender people in in the bathroom of their choice. So then the state of North Carolina banned uh, the use of of, of transgender, and it was like, why would we not let the owners of these bathrooms decide this? And so it's a perfect example of like we have the government that has us at each other's throats over like where people are peeing, and yeah. instead of just like letting walmart target mom and pop shop you at your own house decide who in canada cannot use what bathroom and in what manner because you own it like the same mm -hmm. thing as you know who you let in your car or anything else and and you know but but what you're saying about the satire a perfect example the reason that so many people consume their their news now through like late night news and comedy central uh the the daily show and like uh the john oliver show and all of that stuff the reason they're doing that is because the 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 system that we are in, everyone intuitively recognizes that the system we have has devolved into, if it wasn't always, a kind of sick and cynical joke. And so they're figuring, well, if it's going to be a joke, I might as well have it presented in a funny way where someone else is the punchline instead of me always being the punchline, because that's the system is us being the punchline. And what you can do with satire uh, you're doing it. Uh, another person that David and I know very well named Vermin Supreme has done it for, for decades yeah. now when in his runs for president uh, of essentially of New Hampshire um, and, <laughs> and, 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 and showing up to the primaries by shining a light on these people who have to try to act serious through the whole thing, shining a light on how ridiculous it is, what they're trying to impose on us and what they're how they're trying to rule over us. It just demonstrates the the that. It is stupid. It is as dumb as you think it is. The fact that they're putting on this veneer of professionalism means absolutely nothing. Them wearing their fancy suit means the same thing as you wearing the fancy suit you're wearing right now yeah. while you go up there and start nothing. rapping. And that yeah. and that's the that's the, <laughs> the it's, it's it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. What wow. I love about your satire too is that it it's so it it's good. Um, I for the longest time the first thing that I saw from you was the the vaccine rap video. And yes, I thought you were being serious. Like I, I really thought you were just a fucking moron that yeah. like was well, really I am. pumped well, up. I mean, that, the the reason why you think that though, David, is there's so many TikTok nurses dancing and doing crappy stuff. Like they even paying influencers to you know shill the vaccine. It's like we live in this weird reality where it's like every nurse is in the ICU doing like a you know conga line dance. So when you see somebody doing it in a public meeting, you're probably like, wait, is this guy real? Like, is this real? And that's like the Andy Kaufman esque aspect of it is we do need to blur the line of reality and fiction because. That's what makes people wake up and start using their brain to be like, yep. is this real? Yep. And then they have to yep. look like, oh, he's a comedian. Oh, I got trolled. Oh, whoa. Is this the reality I live in? Like anybody can just trick me. And that's kind of like, I want to be the magician that reveals the trick. You know, I don't want to actually just really, uh, you know, I do want people to think it's real. But at one point I went and realized, oh, you got trolled. It was a joke. We're trying to bring awareness to the stupidity that's currently going yep. on and everybody yep. dancing and laughing in our face when, you know, people are, were having the worst, you know, pandemic in the history of the world other than the plague. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was, after you did the, the world war three video, um, I, 
so I watched like the first half of it and started interacting in the comments. Uh, and then I saw Clint Russell defending you. And I was like, the fuck? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me in any way, shape, or form. And then I finished watching the video, and you just got more and more ridiculous. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is satire. Holy shit, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever I seen. I had that same. When, when The first time I watched it, the first minute or two, I'm like, this is the most cringy doctor ever. <laughs> and then as it went on, I'm like, there, was, there were a couple things. You started dropping some stuff where I'm like, Okay, this is satire, but it, it took, I think, at least a minute into it where I'm like, someone is this pathetic. Like, I really like I, <laughs> I, I, I was the same. I was the same place David was. And then and then there was I forget what it was, but there were a couple things you said. And I'm like, OK, no, this is no, this person is making fun of someone who would think this. I, for, I forget what it was, but I, I will tell you, I mean, I, I, I have a pretty finely tuned sense of sarcasm you had me for the first minute i, I wow thought, i thought that's I good watching something this is a friendly. vice president candidate right here vice presidential <laughs> candidate i even tricked and i him. came in what? third not yeah, just what? any vice presidential candidate third, i'm the third place vice presidential champion of of hey bronze is a bronze medal i'll take right. it yeah, I mean, yeah, you if there was a podium I would have been the guy in that meme, like biting it, and like I would have been the guy in the third place. Probably. Isn't that funny though? How it works in this day and age? It's like uh, that meme is kind of real because now you look at like the Leah Thomas <laughs> swimming thing. It, well, I mean, and then like you know, it, Leah Thomas is in first place and like is not even really celebrating, and you can tell. Then there's that picture where like the other competitors are like actually oh, huddled the together, and like third the, or off yeah, to the like, side there. yeah, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. won. It's kind of like oh wow, that that meme kind of came to life. It's not exactly like that, but like you know, Leah Thomas has to realize that he swam on the boys team for three years. And that, you know, he won or she won, whatever you want to call her, uh, a race that was not fair. I mean, like you wouldn't let these people take steroids. So why would you let a guy take hormone therapy? And that is supposedly leveling the playing field. So it's it's really like this meme war. We're in this culture war that we're fighting with memes, short videos and, you know, Internet culture. And a lot of it is coming to reality right in front of our faces. It's actually kind of shocking. Yeah, I am that meme in that I'm literally that guy who celebrated like there's not even there's not like a removal of it yeah. I, I with the exception of there not actually being a podium like I did gra I grabbed my wife and kissed her after I got third place like I did if someone had handed me something made of bronze I would have bitten it like I was that that Could you type. imagine if they actually had a podium for the presidential race like you I actually had to stand next to the other two like two I would have candidates. That would have been great. But but see, that's the other thing is too, is like we have this two-party system that's totally rigged. That's just a bull crap. Yeah. Like we're never gonna actually get anything fixed when it's like, you know, just some crooked system of oh two parties. Like if people are so dumb though that we even signed up for this, or that's that's even the current state of affairs. It's we we should have yeah. more options. But sadly, this world, unless more people speak up. It's never going to change. And that's what really kind of what scares me. That's why I'm like worried about the future. And that's why you said earlier about leaving our mark. At least people know when I died, I died like, uh, you know, 50 cents said, get rich or die trying. I'm going to die trying. I promise you that. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, <coughs> were you going to say something? Sorry. No. no, I was just trying to figure out why your face stopped moving. Yeah, I sure. think it froze for a second. It kind of scared me. I thought this. Sometimes I think it's my internet where that's going to drop. But dude, uh, this is this is the other thing though, Spike. I, I want to say this, like with the what is it? We are the power. I, 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 you, you are the, the power. power. You, are, you the are the power. Yeah. This is the thing is we do need to make this like you know uh, America throughout America more people. You know, I know you have a big platform. I have a big platform, but I am. I want to connect with you and try to get this out to more people because I, I said this. Er it. I'm saying I said this earlier.
I'm telling you, like I really enjoy when people say, "Oh, you made me laugh," or this and that. But nothing more than I than I like when I did this, and somebody says, "Now I went and spoke up." So like it, it empowers yes. people. Like that feels so good when people tell me, "Oh, I spoke." Like that's what we need to do to make change. So I'm just really excited that you even put that together. And I was kind of formulating something like that in my mind, but I was like. You know, I don't even know if people are going to want to sign up, this and that, because a lot of people do reach out to me. I mean, I do, you know, they're saying, oh, I'm going to speak now. But I guess in my mind, it's like, how do I even organize it? Because all the meetings are in different days. But now that you kind of laid the groundwork, I feel like I can give you some of my ideas and we can make something. Not that you're not already successful, but I'm just happy somebody else has a similar mindset, like-minded. That gives me a lot more hope for the future, in my opinion. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I would love to do I, I would love to do some of these that that are satire heavy to, to drive home a, a bigger point or a greater truth. I, I definitely look forward to talking with you about this because uh, we uh, that we want to hit on every front and, and we're going to start local. I mean, we envision a time when eventually we're doing this and, and you know, the 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 the, the yeah, Senate and Congress are deleting their Facebook pages. But yes, but the, the, but at least for now. Uh, we're focusing where we're the most effective and where we can uh, effectively organize people. And that's at the local level, the county level, in some states at the state legislative level, but for, for the most part right now, local and county level to build that grassroots army of, of activists across the country. I look forward to working with you, man. The future is, is like I said, I, I've, you know, this definitely like in my mind, I'm a conspiracy theorist. So I, I firmly believe that they want us like all one race and one sex. Like if we live to, you know, a million years longer on earth, you know, they'd literally, their agenda would be one race or one sex of human being. And they want to plug us into the metaverse and all this crazy conspiratorial stuff. But I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime. So I guess my point is I want to actually make these changes. I want to try to fix that and try to make that before any of that dystopian nightmare stuff can become possible so uh, it gives me a little bit of hope instead of being all black pilled like the world is you know pointless and it's just you know nothing matters this gives me hope i mean this this conversation gives me a little more hope for the future spike yeah. and this is another thing is i don't have anything to lose like i have a youtube channel and they can kick me off the internet now that would suck but spike you know too you don't have anything to lose that's why i don't live in fear of it like a lot of people are afraid yeah. but i guess i guess the most dangerous person is somebody that doesn't have anything to lose and that's right. what makes me so happy is that they are afraid of us because they know that we're not worried about being judged by others we're not worried about getting a little backlash and so we are really the biggest thing that they should fear is us you know, waking a sleeping giant and getting, you know, more community people involved in this. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, we get shed on a lot as libertarians as being losers, but I, you're making a really good point there. And I think, uh, I think the powers that be underestimate what happens when a bunch of losers with nothing to lose congregate and decide <laughs> to take one final stand somehow. Like, uh, it's, it's a completely different vibe and energy of just, all right, yeah, no. I mean, like, and Spike, you were talking about like repercussions for going after, uh, like, like the DEA and the FBI and the CIA. I'm, yep, we yep, literally yep. fucking walked up to a CIA table at a convention two weeks ago and trolled them to their. Wait, wait, slow down. What CIA? They had a, what a recruitment table or so, what was so, it? Yeah, so we were we were at <laughs> South by Southwest in Austin, and uh, the CIA had a table there. And I'm like, all right, we have to go up to it. I wish we had recorded it. In retrospect, we had to record. No one's going to believe this. But so, uh, but I have a witness, my my only begotten and abandoned son, uh, who would have no reason and to Joanna. back this up. I've never. Oh, and Joanna was yeah. also there. Joanna Jorgens was there. And so we 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 walked up. They had all these different booths at South by Southwest, and one of them was the CIA. And I'm like, and they didn't even have much materials up. It just said CIA, and I'm like. <laughs> 
so we went over and I said, okay, you got me. Why, why are, is the CIA here? And they, and they said, oh, uh, we're, we're, it's part of our, uh, uh, diversity and recruitment. At, we're letting people know about how we're being diverse in, you know, hiring as many, uh, uh, uh people of color well, and LGBT. Like you did people. see that diversity video though, where oh, they're yeah. talking about how intersectionality yeah. and all this stuff in the CIA. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Go ahead, Intersectional imperialistic fascism. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're recruiting as many POC and LGBTQ yeah. to commit mass murder and, and subterfuge around the globe and destabilize entire regions of the planet. I'm paraphrasing what they said. And so I said, <laughs> Oh, that sounds fantastic. I said, unfortunately, uh, you don't want me. I'm, I'm just a, a white man. And I, I also oppose your fascist imperialism. And, uh, and, and, and so then I had a conversation with one of them about uh, golf courses in Myrtle Beach, which was nice. And then uh, I live in Myrtle Beach and they were trying to make small talk to stop me from doing what I was already doing. And then uh, when <laughs> they we are ended, CIA assets, so they should have a little skill, people's skills. I'm one guessing. would think, right? So yeah, I talked yeah. to them about golf courses because I'll talk about golf courses. And then at the end, I said, you know, they were like giving me contact information. I said, this is great. I said, I don't need to give you my contact information. You can just keep in touch with me on my phone like you already are. And, yeah. um, and, then, and then we just spent the next 10 minutes making these silly like prison photo poses in front of their logo. Like we're just sitting there like, like that. That's cool. Like trolling. Like that. That's trolling. And, and, and they just oh, we need those very pictures. uncomfortably sat there while we did this. And other people are watching us do this in retrospect. Now we absolutely needed to have recorded that on video. Like that. Yeah. That, I wasn't close happen. enough to have gotten any good audio. That was my issue. That's, that's the I'm problem. Wrong. It was very loud in there. Yeah. 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 And you know, that's another thing. It's funny you say that. Like I, one of the meetings that I got the most kickback was in an EPA environmental protection agency meeting. I forget like how I even signed up for that, but these <laughs> alphabet agencies, even if it's the EPA or CIA or FBI, they're being yeah. weaponized against us. And they're basically mocking us by creating videos like, well, the CIA is all about intersectionality and hiring yes. LGBTQ. They don't care about the LGBTQ. It's just like these multinational corporations that post a gay flag during the gay month or a black square when George Floyd dies. It's just a bunch of, they're actually fake virtue signaling to us. Yep. People that's don't realize. Virtue signaling. Yeah. yeah, that's virtue signaling. And we don't even need these alphabet agencies. Like, I can't even tell you what the CIA does. I mean, obviously they do a bunch of stuff, but they're not, they're benefit. I mean, they don't benefit you and me or we, no. the people. They, they're literally just trying to arrest us. And that's another thing. It's like the IRS. I mean, dude. The IRS, all these things, they literally, if you if you don't pay your taxes, they're going to throw you in jail. But if the banks give a bunch of bad loans to 2008, they're going to bail them out. So it's yeah. just, you know, rules for thee, but not for me or we or yeah, whatever yeah, the yeah. saying is. It just sucks that if we have a rigged system mm -hmm. and these people, these alphabet agencies, they have their thumb on the scale and it's never going to be fixed until we do something about it. Or at least we yeah. troll them into uh you know, we troll their pages so they have to delete themselves off the internet. They have to delete themselves from the internet. I mean, the CIA cares so much about the LGBTQ community that they give money to terrorist groups and foreign regimes that throw gay people, suspected gay people from the tops of buildings and behead them. Yeah. Yeah. And you say that, dude, and like we like we're virtue signaling for Ukraine. Yet if you're transgender, you can't go to Poland. You have to go on the front lines. And then like we do all this stuff for China. The NBA won't even mention China yet. They're, yep. The Disney Disney's like, oh, we're not going to fund because they don't say the don't say gay bill. But in in China, they they airbrush John Boyega off the Star Wars poster. So they don't care. They will go and they will subvert. They will go into these other countries and follow their cultural rules while trying to you know uh, make make us live in their weird uh, fake world of everybody's you know the don't say gay bill is terrible yet they're trying to get disney ingratiated in countries that will throw you off a roof if you are gay so they're all yeah. hypocrites that's mm -hmm. the problem
Yeah, yeah you even mentioned the multi, like the big multinational corporations during Pride Month. I, my favorite thing to post, I post it every single year, is just side by side logos of um, their, or just like side by side screenshots of their American Twitter page and their Saudi Arabia Twitter page. Yeah, because they always make the a flag. new pretty logo. Yeah. That's an excellent. I'm gonna year. do that. And then every I, year, the Saudi Arabia shit stays the fucking same. I'm gonna. Wait, so the next that you get, they gave me some great ideas for June. <laughs> I go to some of these big pages and say, "Hey, uh, why <laughs> didn't you change your Saudi Arabia page?" Or, "Hey, why are you uh, opening a factory in this country that you know throws gay people from buildings or something like?" I there, there's something there. That's something mm -hmm. to work on. A hundred percent, dude. And then like, look at this. Like, we'll bend over backwards for Apple, but if you look at their Foxconn factories, they have to have suicide nets because so many people are throwing themselves off the themselves. roof. Yep. Yeah. So That's, it's like, yep. do you think these companies actually care about their employees just don't work them to death or they're so depressed they have to kill themselves but they can't yeah, do that because yeah. at the end of the day they got they have shareholders and they have you know the bottom line we got to make right. money when none of that money matters they're already going to be the biggest company they have all the money in the world they don't need any more of it so it's really just you've ever been to cupertino and apple campus uh like you know that they don't need any more money <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everybody buys an iPhone, and even Galaxy like goes against a. You know, you don't think Samsung has plenty of money? I'm sure they have suicide nets on their factory too. I don't know that. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised. It's like these these corporations, they are soulless. They don't have the ability to feel empathy or feel so sorry for people that don't have money, and that's why they try to fake virtue signal. But their virtue signaling is bullcrap because you nailed it in Saudi Arabia on, on Pride Month. It's going to be a black, you know, logo. It's not it's like as a matter of fact, they'll even change the logo so it's even more opposite than you know. The the pride flag they'll make sure that it's like not even associated with it like i've seen it on you know i forget which company it was like a volkswagen or something you know they like had uh the saudi arabian flag so when they when they turn it to, to the pride month flag the rainbow flag they even change it from a flag period you know they change it to like the volkswagen logo so they didn't even have a flag they couldn't even say oh well why didn't you change the flag to the gay flag like they just wanted to totally try to um I you know uh, entirely yes yeah, yeah. i step it yep. entirely yep yep absolutely Absolutely. So that's, eventually, that's virtue want, signaling. What we're doing eventually, is not. we want to get we want to get to some Saudi city councils. That's later on down the road. And you're right. You said really, we got to get to some Senate. We got to get to some House meetings. We got to get to some Congress meetings. And I will. I am going to speak of those. But also, those are few and far in between. They're harder to get yep. to. And, you know, They're you get less hard. time and to speak. speak. Yeah. 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 It's just and like, you know, nobody's listening. And like even their streams probably of like, you know, resharing. It's probably not that good. So it's just the system. I said this and I can't. And I don't want to black pill and say it's hopeless because we have people that are fighting. But, man, the system is so rigged against us. We really got to stand up before it's too late. And, that you know, we're just Absolutely. all dead and gone. Absolutely. Well, I think like that's a key piece of why um like obviously we've already talked about this and for other reasons uh but like we have to start local because you know, that's the only place that uh that will matter once the society collapses the way you know that when you <laughs> if you take the black pill uh the yes. same plan still applies like you still need your city council you still need to local be networks yeah decent yeah. because uh, your town's probably going to still survive. Like if, if Adam Pukesh gets elected president and the, the federal government gets dissolved, 
Uh, yes. Like your your mayor's hey, real quick. Mayor. You guys are libertarians. So you guys know what's the deal with Adam Kokesh fighting with everybody, fighting with oh, like Reed God. Coverdale and all this stuff. So we don't like Adam Kokesh, right? That's he's bad. I don't, I that... don't even know what you're talking about. You right don't even now, know who it is. Think. I mean, uh, David. No, no, probably no, 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 no. I know who Adam Kokesh and Reed Coverdale are. I just don't know what you're referencing. I'm rarely on. No, Twitter I'm just saying they're fight. Like they had a Twitter there. fight today, is what I'm referencing. And like you know, oh, uh, no, uh, I, don't, he said, I don't even know what you're talking. Yeah, about. I'm unfortunately good friends with both of those people. Better, I mean. Reed is my best friend. Uh, yeah. I've known him for like almost five years. But uh, well, I'm gonna tell them both you said that that it was <laughs> yeah. unfor- that you're Please unfortunately do. their friends. Um, but yeah, I I'm staying out of that one myself. Uh, okay. Well, dude, I don't okay. need to know the scuttle, but I'm just saying it's just yeah. funny they're fighting on Twitter, and then like mm-hmm. Adam Kokesh is like, "You won't say that to my face," and then like Reed posted a picture of them standing next to each other or something. I mean, it's just I just kind of want to know the drama uh, of yeah, it. I, as a matter of fact, I'm actually interviewing Reed after this show at 10 p.m. So at 10 oh, p.m. Nice. Central oh, wow. Time, yeah. So so we're kind of going double. We're double doing it. I'm doing a lot. Well, of then shows you'll be today. able to you'll you'll be able to find out I, exactly. Not, yeah. Well, that's why I was terrible. asking you now, so I can. See to kind of know I, what I the heck happened. Yeah, I don't, don't know. Dave, yeah. David is unfortunately friends with them. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm also friends with them, but I don't find it unfortunate. Again, another reason why I just I couldn't I couldn't raise them. But the uh, the uh, I don't even know what your ref. I'm so. so I, are you I, best I, friends I, with Joanna? Who's your best friends in Libertarian Party? Uh, basically, I mean, who oh, is yes, your running Mike, partner? Who's your best friend? <laughs> yeah, is Joe Jorgensen your best friend? Are you hate Joe? Sure. No, you no, hate. No, do you no, not like yeah, Joe? No. I thought she Joe's good. I'm no, sure. I, 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 yeah, I don't dislike Joe, but the, uh, uh, the campaign, uh, I don't, yeah, I, I, so I've learned on Twitter to spend just enough time on Twitter to say something that I want to say respond get to the first <laughs> and then go back to like somewhere else or go spend time with my family or something. But I, I, Twitter is an absolute cesspool and I find that the, the more time I'm on it, the less I'm enjoying that day. And conversely, the less time I'm on it, the more I'm enjoying my day. Same. So that, that. That's really, um, and I can see how it's set up to be very addictive. Uh, but I, I, you know, like I've just, I don't have the time for the tension and drama. Uh, so I'm blissfully unaware of whatever's going on between Reed and, and Adam. I'm sure they'll work it out though. Well, sadly, I'm a drama queen, so I love it. I'm on Twitter, <laughs> like I need to get off it, but I'm like, wow, this looks interesting. This looks, you know, I mean, with that in this day and age, like, dude, the entertainment that we get from the mainstream media is such mm-hmm. crap. And I'm not saying Twitter, like you said, is a cesspool. It's an evil place. So Instagram, I could almost say, like, I don't even really check my Facebook just because it's like people I know. I don't even really want to post on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is. There's such a lack of content and good TV shows, and I used to love watching TV shows and all media. So Twitter's kind of become my like new form of entertainment, sadly, and it's not a That's very fair. entertaining place. It's kind of a dark, kind of a dark corner of the internet. But like these videos are coming out of China of all these dogs and cats being killed. It just makes me sick. Like I, I would have never seen that if I wasn't on Twitter. So it's just a really dark. It can be a very dark place in a in a slippery mm. slope. But it's like a necessary evil if you want to get out there and get media attention because all these idiot That's blue check marks exactly. are on there. Yeah. Yes. 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 I I get to be an idiot blue check mark on there. And yeah. Uh, and and but but I can use it. I can use it, and it's effective in reaching other prominent people that I'm trying to make connections with. Like it has its use. I'm not disputing that at all. I just I it's it is. Uh, I'm not sure what makes. I think it's the limitation of characters. You aren't able to fully explain yourself, so everyone just bumper stickers at each other all day long. Maybe that's what it is. Whatever it is, holy shit, is it? And and it's because you can be shared. People can share it, and it goes on their page. And it's a little different than like a a share on Facebook or share on anything. So so that that's why because because nobody can get something shared and it can go viral or you know that. So it's it has the ability. 
most people it doesn't go viral, but it does have the ability to get seen by somebody that has a million followers or whatnot, and you can get your message out there. So that's why it is that's effective. Yeah. yeah, that's how I do it. I tweet things and then Spike retweets them, and then people actually see them. Well, see, so yeah. <laughs> well, when it's like they'll never give me a blue check mark, but that blue check mark spike is so powerful because when when that you know when that gets tweeted by somebody with a blue check mark, all of a sudden like, well, this is official. This it, might, it, it yeah, blows yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So David one time wrote, I bet whatever I tweet now, Spike can respond and it'll get more reactions. And I said, have you, I told you about my uncle Hector? Like it didn't, like there was nothing, <laughs> there was nothing of value of what I tweeted and it got like twice as many times. likes. Yeah. I guess it two yeah. or three times as many likes. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. People uh, almost like innocuous, stupid thing now. In this day and age, it's like being so dumb is is like celebrated. Look at me, dude. I'm an idiot. And people are like, you're brilliant. You're so smart. I'm like, dude, no, I'm just not afraid. I'm, I mean, one thing they can call me, I'm fearless. Because you talked about like repercussions. Now, I went after this county judge in Dallas, and he got arrested for raiding a panty drawer when he was in um, uh, college. And like I called him out. And that was like the one time where my dad was like, why would you go after the county judge? Like he could do something, you know, criminal or illegal that make you look bad. Yeah, he and can it, hurt you. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like, why go after the county judge? But at the same time, it's like, dude, I got nothing to lose. I mean, I do have something to lose, but I'm really fearless because we need to call these people out. Nobody else will yeah. do it. So it's just, I'm not going to live in fear of, of somebody, because if he did come after me, he would have to do something illegal, right? So that doesn't necessarily mean that he couldn't get me. He couldn't got you or say I didn't pay my taxes or I don't know what he could say because he's in a position of power. But he, I know that I keep my ducks in a row and that I don't commit crimes on purpose so that I can speak at these people and I can go a little off the wall without fear of actually having any serious repercussions because I don't have a bunch of skeletons in my closet. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of I'm I'm a little bit the opposite, but uh, in in a similar mindset. A lot of people talk to me like I'm in Indiana right now and cannabis is illegal in Indiana still. I drove to Michigan, bought some weed and brought it back. Uh, And I openly smoke like while I'm driving and whatever. If somebody wants to arrest me for cannabis or especially like uh, the last job that I was working, people were like hiding the fact that they were smoking from our bosses. Like if you're going to fire me for smoking weed at work, fire me. I don't want to work for you. Like I'm done uh capitulating yeah i'm done towing the line uh you know and the thing is if somebody wants to arrest me for smoking weed i'm gonna make a big fucking deal out of it they're gonna help my career as an activist and as a youtuber and as a, a twitter personality like all it will do is benefit me if somebody wants to arrest me at some protest or or something because i'm using cannabis or 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 uh, trespassing or something like that. Like, fuck off. Like, please, no. please arrest me. That's what my but dad always is, says. Well, I just want to say this. That's what my dad right. always says. He's like, Alex, you might get arrested. In my mind, I'm like, that might be good. It might bring more awareness to what I'm trying to do. I almost kind of, I'm, I'm not afraid of getting some sort of misdemeanor arrest or something. Sorry, Spike. Yeah. All, all I was going to say, that's, that's why David got um, fired from SeaWorld. What? <laughs> you were smoking the weed at SeaWorld? Is that really he true? Was, uh, he had a job at SeaWorld. Uh, but was... let's talk well, real quick. I got to go here in a second. But, dude, because uh, I got Reed on the show. But, dude, tell me this. SeaWorld, I love that documentary, Blackfish or Blackfin or whatever yes. it was. And, 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 uh, he was part and, of that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did you did you kill those uh, those people, the handlers? And but you, I can't remember is Tilikum or something was the name of the whale. Yes, and it, yep. Yeah, and it would grab the it grabbed the handler's foot multiple times and drug them under yep. until they they oh. drowned. So it's like 
these whales are super smart. And you notice their dorsal fins at this, the ones at SeaWorld would be, would be, you know, curved and ones in the wild they, didn't curve. They never yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big part of, um, uh, David was a big part of, uh, he, he would mistreat <laughs> the, the, uh, the orcas. You know, and, would you bang the dolphins? It was, it was, it, <laughs> No, yeah, somebody, no, no, somebody no. had sex with the dolphins. Did you hear about that? No, that was the oh, thing yes. too. It's the yeah. best episode of drunk history that exists. Oh, it's yeah. by Duncan Trussell. It's great. Uh, I just can't well, believe that. Right. Having sex with a fish. And I'm a horny guy. I mean, but a fish, come on. No way. Right. No. Well, Alex, before you have to run, uh, tell people where to find you, how they can support you, how they can get involved, pitch your, uh, your YouTube show. Go for it. Guys, okay, so listen, I'm a primetime 99 Alex Dan. I'm on the grand all the time, and I'm just going to tell you this. I'm all over YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you can't find me, you aren't looking very hard, but I'd really appreciate it. If you guys, the, the best way you could support me is go speak at a meeting. I, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, you know, financially, whatever, you know, give me five bucks. That's great. You join my Patreon. I appreciate that. I don't want to try to sound unappreciative, but I'm telling you, the best feeling I get if you're watching this, you're like, Alex, send me a message on Twitter. I have my message open that you went and spoke at a meeting. That's like the biggest uh, joy that I get is when I can, you know, uh, I want to be a leader. I was captain of my football team. I'm just saying I like being a leader and I like leading people into waking up from the tyranny that we're currently living under. So if you want to support me, go speak at a city council meeting. Absolutely. And I'll echo that point. If you, it, the best thing you can do is, is get involved in your local community. And we want to try to help you with that with You Are The Power. Stay tuned uh, with my social media because we're launching that any day now. And uh, my my social media, it's the same. I'm on everything. Uh, if you look for Spike Cohen, you'll find me. My website is SpikeCohen.com. And, um, you know, help my son here. Help him. He's he's not getting any support from me, and he never will. So be sure to go and 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 support him financially and in every other way. Uh, he might need to crash your place for a while. That's fine. Just help him. Uh, any anything he needs, please provide it to him. Please. Thank you. Very good, Dad. I like your I like your pajamas, by the way. Thank you. That's what I said. I said those are pajamas. He doesn't think they are pajamas. I don't think they're well, absolutely pajamas. whatever they are. They're comfy as fuck. So, because they're pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you're literally wearing pajamas. That's why. Loungewear. That's why. Oh, wow. You're meant to lounge. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing lounge. At least I'm wearing a shirt, Spike. Hey, why? Spike is, is a shirt. I have a shirt. I have mm. a shirt. Well, yeah. What is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now wow. we have to end this stream. Cut it off. Shut it all down. It was a pleasure to meet you, Spike. It was a pleasure to meet you, David. I'll be in Great close contact with both of you guys. Alex, so, thanks thank you, so much for thank coming. You. Spike, thanks for coming. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, like, subscribe, do all the things, and we'll catch you back here next time. Thanks. Shut up and sit down.